3: Welcome back to another edition of the 1215 Club. It is my Ariel here in the mic, joined as always by Marvin the Prince, Bill the Graphics Guy, Eric the Big German. We have a very special guest today. I think this is our first guest from outside of people that we work with. Is that... Can we think of anybody
4: else? Well, we've had some callers, right? We had Ryan Rahalulu, we had on Jeff in Detroit, we had... Uh Ross Tucker on? Yeah. I mean he's kind of in the in the he, world. He's
3: kind of in the loop.
4: But right? yeah, this is this is very special. This is big.
3: Yeah. I mean we teased it last week. It's Dan's son, Jack Patrick. Yay. Hey guys. Jack, this is a big booking for us. Uh we've been trying to track you down for years now. You've been texting me like every week. Yeah, I know. And, and I just it. like to clarify I was born into this world. <laughs> this is my destiny. <laughs> so I want to start with that, Jack. I mean, there's so many things that I want to get to, but I I mean, I don't even know where to
4: begin. He wants to start with your birth. (laughs) What do you remember from the day you were born? 9.15 a.m. October 29,
3: 1991. Hartford Hospital. (laughs) Jack, who has better hair? So, I mean, you guys don't... You guys don't... You can't see Jack right now, but you have great hair. Who has better hair in their
0: prime, you or your dad? Okay, but before we start with this line of questioning, does my dad listen back to these? Yes. Okay, he does, yes. and it's him. It's obviously so <laughs> okay. I was hoping you were going
3: to be like, of course it's me. No, it's not, I right? had
0: some trouble with my hair in the past. I figured out thinning shears later in life, and before that, I was affectionately described as a mushroom head. Oh. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it, it kind of poofed out on the side. it, it I uh,
3: I I found it eventually. (laughs) So, Jack, you said you were kind of born into this kind of life of this, you know, broadcasting sports, all that. What was it like when uh, the guys were doing the show from your attic when you were growing up? Dan tells stories about it all the time. You guys would be in the kitchen eating, and guys are rushing up. What do you remember from that
0: time? Well, we'd be leaving for school when they'd be arriving. It was kind of ships passing in the night. Um, So obviously, we didn't really have much interaction because we were. Barred from the from the attic, which was also the only place with uh, air conditioning in the house, which caused some issues. Um, probably the <laughs> the most damage that I ever did up there was I did download video games on Paulie's computer at one point. Uh, he did discover that I had downloaded World of Warcraft back in the day, and I hit it well. Like, I I deleted everything, recycle binned it. Like, I I was sneaky. And uh, unfortunately, Paulie and his super sleuth abilities did not let me uh, get away with it. Eric? So how old were you? Like,
4: what was your age from when they were there, youngest, to to when they left? Uh, They were there
0: for, like, what, two years? 2007, right, was the year. So I was probably in, like, high school at that point. Like, sophomore, freshman year, around there. So probably too old to be playing World of Warcraft.
4: (laughs) I, that wasn't my intention. Yeah, and but that's where question. you were going to no, go with it. No, no, because I know you're a pog. Like, I get it, you know? <laughs> but, but, uh, but no, I, I just like, because it, it's, it's interesting to think about, like, you know, obviously I didn't grow up with a famous dad, but like all of a sudden, like, and your dad also talks about like the day that he came home, right? And like, so you're used like your whole life, like your dad goes to work and then. Everybody sees him and like, you know, obviously in the sports world, too, totally, like all, all your buddies and your baseball team, like your dad's damn Patrick. That's crazy. And then all of a sudden, like the reality, the boots on the ground, like, yeah, he just quit ESPN and two months later. He's just like talking to everyone from the, you know, from the attic, you know, like, so like there's like the glamorous. It was a fall from grace. <laughs> so, well, I mean, we're, we're all happy that it happened, right? We wouldn't be here without it, but, sure. but, um, but no, like it's just, it's interesting. Like, so I'm asking like your age there and like what it's like, you know, in your formative years, all of a sudden, like, have such a big change in the household of your dad. You know, he was gone right from, I'm guessing, like 10 a.m. until 2 a.m., and all of a sudden he's home all the time. So, like, as you're in your, your late teens, like, what was that like?
0: Well, yeah, he's home all the time, but his home routine is in the basement taking a nap. Like, we didn't really, you know, we really didn't see him much even though he was home, and we were at school till like, 3 or 4 p.m. every day. So the day-to-day didn't change very much. And And when you say celebrity dad... Like, my dad is niche when it comes to his audience. Like, his, you know, middle-aged men, baseball teams, <laughs> that's where, that's that's the marks he hits. It never helped me with girls in school. It never helped me, you know, get any kind of special favors. It was a niche, niche audience.
1: No, I've noticed, like, from seeing the mail and stuff, too, we do pretty well in prisons, too. I we think. do. <laughs> <laughs> Shut-ins, prison, <laughs> Shut-ins and prisoners. middle-aged P- men. B- in- injured people. <laughs>
0: So if I ever get convicted for a felony, it may help me out. But other than that, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't as helpful as uh, you'd think it was. But it was great having him home, you know? It, 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 it was, And it's been great having him home for the last couple – you know, he gets out at like 12.30 now. I'm working from home right now, kind of working remote, and it's great to have him there.
3: Did you ever have uh, – like, uh, did you ever want to become a broadcaster? Did I? Yeah. No. No, I mean, was there like any pressure to like follow in your dad's lead or do anything like that?
0: No, this was probably, I got this question probably the same amount. Like, do you play basketball? And the answer to both was no. Yeah. Um, he just, uh, he's too good at what he does. Um, and he's too dedicated to what he does. Like he eats and sleeps sports and, and broadcasting and trying to make this show better. And I watch him do it. And there's... there's no way that I could replicate that. Like there's no way that I could be as good at what he does as he is. And there are so many other careers out there. Why try to do the one thing that I'm never going to be as good at my dad as? Wow. I can repeat that. (laughs) Why try to do the one thing that my dad is so good at when I can, you know, do what I want to do and and make my own thing.
3: What about your jump shot? So he's talked about a lot like your athleticism. Or lack of. Lack, lack yeah, thereof. yeah, he's very clear. <laughs> he, the the at, first part is never said without the second. <laughs> so, at, at, at no point you had aspirations to be a, a baseball player or a, a basketball player. I mean, your dad's renowned for his jump shot, and you know, oh, how no. silky it is.
0: No, I, I no aspirations <laughs> for that either. You know, I just stuck in my lane. Like I liked computers. I liked you know trivia. I liked, um, I don't know. I just didn't. I I knew immediately I wasn't going to be good at it. So why try to be great at it? Because I had so many other things that I was good at and that I was passionate about. Like why try to do this thing when I'm just not. Not good at it. And you you said it a, a little bit ago, but did a lot of people, like, cr- question you that, oh, you're Dan
3: Patrick's son and you're not playing any sports? And
0: No, I played a lot of sports. You were just
3: bad I at it. I was them? a three-sport <laughs> athlete. I just sat on the bench in three sports, but I was on the team.
0: The coach wanted you there, right? Yeah, right? Uh, you know, maybe, maybe he'll show up to a little color commentary and maybe right. we get on SportsCenter. Yeah. yeah, I may have been uh, a political hire, but... Um... <laughs> I knew your role. I, I I I was at practice every day. I showed up.
3: You mentioned that your dad is like famous in niche audiences. You know, like we said, uh, shut-ins, prison, thirty-year-old uh, men. Sure. But at what point did you know that your dad was somewhat famous or well-known? Was there like a moment that you can like think back to, like, oh wow, my dad's on TV or he's famous?
0: Ugh. <sighs> I don't know if I have a good answer for this one. I don't know if I have a funny anecdote for this one. I don't think I, I, I really. It, it wasn't a, a light out of the sky, like "Hey, your your dad's on TV." It was just kind of a slow burn. Um,
4: like well, he, he was on TV before you were aware, right? So, like. Yeah. Yes, you were born ninety one. He was on. He was already at Sports Center by then, right?
0: Yeah, yeah but he had the eleven o'clock Sports Center. So, you yeah. know, I wasn't staying up till at least I was in my you know preteens. <laughs> no, sort of I don't mean that you so,
4: saw him per se, but I just mean like that you like. with dad's going to work? What does dad do for work? Right? Like he's not a plumber. He's on TV or he's a sports guy. Like, like you yeah, know. but
0: does anybody grasp what their parents do at that age? Like, really grasp what their parents do at that age? Like, yeah, I knew he had a different job. that I know was a very interesting you know, highly sought after job. No, it just didn't really dawn on me. Um, I was, uh, you know, late bloomer in some ways. <laughs> More than one way?
1: <laughs> no, I was real tall, really young. Bill? But... No. Uh, well, I, I think, like, when you're younger, too, no matter what, like, do you even really care what your parents are doing? Like, you know, until you hit a certain age, like, I feel like you just aren't, it doesn't really even like matter to you that much yeah
0: as long as you have like food on the table yeah. and like a nice home like i don't think people really grasp what their parents do till till later yeah. on unless you're like a firefighter i feel like four-year-olds love yeah firefighters. like you like
1: an astronaut yeah like
0: if if my dad was an astronaut then, then i would have bragged about really it cool. then, then i'd be on like a nasa <laughs> podcast and it'd be awesome
1: but like don't like growing up in like a relatively small town though i think like that's probably where you'd see it more is like going to the grocery store because like obviously you know I'm sure a lot of the people in Milford know, like at least know of your dad. So it's probably, I feel like you would see that even a little more on that level than just like being like, Oh, he's on TV.
0: Yeah. But we've lived here so long. I feel like people are used to him now. Like it's like, like like, Oh, it's just Dan Patrick again. He doesn't go to the grocery store anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Eric.
4: So going back to some of the the stories that your dad tells a lot, one of the ones he tells, not a lot. I don't mean to say that he only has a few stories, but when the kids come up, he says a lot of the times, about that that day he came home right and he he decided all right i'm quitting espn and i'm gonna go home and this is like a pivotal moment and i'm choosing my family over my career and blah blah blah. and then he gets home and tell the story from that moment from your perspective like what was that like knowing that like what was that transition like in that particular day at that table
0: well he just walked in and he obviously gave his big announcement and and i i think he wanted more pomp and circumstance but you know i was the oldest and i was what, like 14 at the time and and my sisters were younger than me and I just don't think we grasped it till he was like, I think I asked, is this a good thing? Because he did just say he quit his job and I think even a 14-year-old can can realize that that's normally not a good thing. Um, But he just said, yeah, this is a great thing and so we all just started celebrating and uh, we do this thing in our family where anytime something good happens we bang on the table as loudly as possible and shout at the top of our lungs for as loud as we can do it and we've scared a lot of dogs probably neighbors like but that, that's what we did that day and and it's uh it it's obviously worked out pretty good for him he seems very happy with you guys i can't understand why
1: <laughs> but we can't uh, either.
0: but but he's got some weird stockholm syndrome here and, and uh, he seems really really happy i tell him to uh, blink twice if, if that's (laughs) any problems marv
2: all right so what's the coolest thing you've done because of your dad's celebrity like have you gotten into any like a movie set or a party or anything like that like with your dad and you're like man this is insane
0: um well i've gotten to go to a couple Super Bowls. um i got to oh the the coolest thing easily is um Back in 2004, I was in my formative years of sports fanaticism, and uh, I started rooting for the Red Sox. Um, I kind of wanted this was like around 2002, 2003. So this was on the tail end of of a lot of years of misery, and my dad warned me about this and told me not to, uh, you know, get my hopes up. And he said that about a lot of things. Um, but he said that about uh, the Red Sox just because he's you know been around the block a few times when it comes to sports and, and tries to look at it from an overall perspective and doesn't really get too in the fan you know in the weeds on fandom. So he was just trying to protect me. And during the 2004 World Series and uh, the ALCS game, which I think we all remember. I was fanatic about it and I watched every game. I, my mom grounded me one day and I listened to it on the radio upstairs. And I just kept texting my dad every time <laughs> after he, um, after they had won a game and, and telling him, well, you know, if they, if they just win game five, shillings on the mound to game six. And, you know, he's, he's the text equivalent of patting me on the head. Uh, and well, long story short, after the series, uh, he talks to Terry Francona. And Terry says, Why don't you have him come out and be a bat boy for a game? And so, me as like this, you know, 12 year old, 13 year old goes to Fenway. It's, you know, we're supposed to see a game, and we go to this special gate, and the security guard goes, Oh, is this the kid? And so we go in, we, uh, we're we in the locker room, I get to meet, you know, the whole team, Damon's gone, but, you know, Miller, Millar, Euclid, uh, Schilling, uh, Ortiz, Martina, all of them, and I walk outside and I break down crying because I didn't think that I deserved this. I had friends who had been Red Sox fans since they were born. I was rooting for them, obviously, before, and I don't think I jumped on a fan wagon, but... Yeah, I I broke down crying for that one. Um and uh after, you know, after an inning of sitting in the dugout, I was out there on the field with uh the bat boy Alex who uh took me under his wing. By inning 3, I was up on the side of the dugout with Frank Kona discussing, you know, pitching changes. <laughs> uh and, you know, throwing balls to the fans, but that was truly the most unique experience. And I've gotten to do a few cool things um being, you know, my dad's son, but That was probably the most unique, memorable thing that I've been able to do. We're joined by Jack Patrick, Dan's
3: son. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, I don't know how often you listen to the show uh, here. And Dan sometimes brings like the the stuff that happens at home, usually embarrassing stuff. um, And he tells the stories here on the show. Have you ever, has that ever been weird for you that, I mean, your your dad's, you know, telling the national audience that your mom broke an
0: egg over your head at one point? She or... broke three eggs, actually. <laughs> she... Yeah, with uh, stunning athleticism. <laughs> uh, that is not indicative of her.
3: <laughs> or like, I mean, he said like, oh, you weren't the best student, stuff like that. Has that ever been something that... uh bothered you or was it weird that like he was kind of talking about this to a national audience?
0: No, in my mind, you know, he, he raised me for 18 years, provided food, clothing, shelter, whatnot. I, I, it, I, I kind of signed away my life rights <laughs> to him for, for, you know, eternity to, to tell whatever stories he wants or good content. Um, I will say that sometimes me and my sisters listen into the show uh, to get little insights on whether or not he just does things to us or to everybody. So, for example, uh, a couple weeks ago, you guys were discussing how he just sends one-word text. Like, okay, cool. So, like, I can post a picture of my engagement on the group chat, and my dad will just send a thumbs up. <laughs> so we, we sometimes like to see if, if this is how he treats everybody or just us. Well, it's good, like, he even treats his own children like
3: that. Like, I don't feel bad at all now. Yeah. Yeah, we get okay, cool, okay, period. But he
0: always wants a response when he sends something. You know, a picture of the dogs. He always wants at least a heart on it. So, there's a double standard there. You
3: you talk about engagement. You just got married, and one of the stories that he shared was uh, at your wedding, he was very emotional. Yes, that's accurate. How... uh, (laughs) How accurate was that story? I don't know if you heard him tell it on the show, but from your point of view, what exactly happened that day if as anything, far as your dad? We know you got married, yeah, but the bigger happen. story is
0: – If anything, he toned down the amount of crying. Really? Yeah. He was He was a mess the whole way through. And he says like this one was the easy one as far as like he doesn't – you know i have three sisters and he's going to have to walk them down the aisle and like give them away there's a lot more for him to do in the ceremony he just sat behind my mom and cried the whole time so his <laughs> responsibilities were uh, minimal at best so we'll see what happens when those uh, those three get married but uh yeah he it was it was a pretty accurate tale um my father-in-law did show up in dress blues absolutely did uh, and then hot swap to Deacon Garb to marry us. Um, he's not lying about all that. I'll 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 let you guys hot know swap. if he starts telling uh, fibs on the show. But
1: that was all accurate. Dill, could you hear him crying like during the ceremony? Did you hear like a?
0: No, we could see him. He was very he was very quiet about yeah. it. He was he was sobbing into my mom's hair, so it muffled it a lot. Uh,
4: Eric. It's so interesting to me that he wasn't able to control his emotions. Like, I understand it being a super emotional thing, but like, I mean, he's been live and like, whatever he says, over 100 million people see it immediately and there's no editing. And I would think, like, obviously, like the long term effects of his son getting married and, and those kind of life changes. And who knows, maybe he was thinking about his dad or like, who knows what he was going through at the moment. But like, I'm just surprised that he had such a difficult time with it.
0: Yeah, he's certainly gotten more emotional over the years. Yeah, Like, back in the day, I don't really remember him having emotions one way or the other. Like, if you you got my mom mad, you were in for, like, a somewhat bad time, but that happened often. If you got my dad mad, you hide somewhere, like, under a bed. (laughs) So he really didn't have much of a range of emotions back in the day. And he still doesn't get too angry, but for whatever reason, he's gotten real emotional in his – in his you know 50s and 60s he cried when we were whale watching um <laughs> <laughs> at one point wait can you tell me I, I don't know if that because they're so majestic <laughs> uh i don't know if that's made the air yet but here that it hasn't goes. no okay, yeah he did cry when we were whale watching i think down in mexico <laughs> once but yeah they're just majestic creatures Is there any other times shame, you can shame on you for judging him for that <laughs>
3: Is there any other time that you can recall him crying in Uh, scenarios that people don't necessarily cry
0: in? uh, If he watched movies, I think he'd cry more. Like, he does watch movies, but he doesn't really sit down and and pay attention to them a lot, which is weird because he loves movies so much. But no, I can't remember him, him crying specifically. It just happens randomly.
3: The last thing I wanted to ask about was, I mean, in, from the wedding, how much of a was between your, your father in law and him? How much of that kind of weirdness was there because your father in law was changing, like you said, hot swapping between <laughs> dress, garb, blues,
0: dress, blues, and, and deacon, deacon garb? Yeah.
3: Yeah. And he talked about it and he was like, I just felt like second fiddle at this wedding.
0: Well, he was second fiddle.
3: Huh? No. Um, he, <laughs> tri- <laughs>
0: Can we cut that one? Um, the father
4: of the bride, I mean, it's always.
0: The- yeah, and the, the father of the bride, Chip, is a wonderful human being. He's he's so incredibly genuine and nice to everybody that Chip was never trying to upstage him. He just did it naturally. It just, <laughs> it just came naturally to him. <laughs> he, he had no intention of making my dad feel like second fiddle. But, you know, when, when you're a Navy captain, I think a lot of people feel that way when you're around him. But yeah. I think that's
3: all we got. You got a tea time with your dad in about 30 minutes, so he gave us a hard out. Are we at 1? No, time? we're at 1245. 12:45. He said 12:45 hard out. He said you need to get he your said swings you need in. To yeah. I do. <laughs> I do. He he, do. he, he said uh um, that you need to practice, so we're going to let you go. Uh thank you for joining us. Thank you for thank you for having me. For uh having some fun with our antics here. Yeah. It was fun. This
0: was uh this was a great time.
3: Anybody Thank else have all. anything else? Any parting words for Jack?
4: Bye, Jack.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Eric. <laughs> thanks,
3: Jack. Thank you, guys. Tell your
2: dad, thanks for the job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll put in a good word for you, Marvin. <laughs> Jack
3: Patrick Dan's son. Dylan's your first time meeting Jack?
1: We'd uh like you know, like i have seen him in passing before, we've never like been in the same room together really. But he looks so exactly like identical. And they're like the exact same height too. Yeah. It looks exactly like... Do you
3: think it's because they're related at all? I mean, possibly. I don't know. I haven't, I'm not sure either. I'm not really sure. We made a discovery behind the scenes this week that's kind of been the big topic uh, of the of the backroom guys. <laughs> Eric, I'm going to hand this one over to you.
4: Yeah, I'm not sure I'd exactly call it a discovery, but um, Paul Paps, legendary producer of The Dan Patrick Show, uh, has some interesting eating habits that uh, are include having like lunch typically lunch meals uh, much earlier in the day like you know having lasagna at 8 a.m or meatballs at 10 a.m and we've never really shown it but we decided you know what if it's in studio and it's from nine to noon it's fair game so uh, I've been trying to show it as much as possible Um, he got caught a couple times on camera and and I even talked to him after I'm like hey man like if you don't want to be shown eating then don't bring food in the studio and he was fine with it. So, um, yeah, but it, it was pretty funny uh, catching him. T- I think it was today. He had chili at 10 a.m. He had like a, a coffee cup full of chili. And uh, we just, you know, showed it. And he was like, he kind of was startled.
3: Yeah. <laughs> he went back to like playing normal.
4: <laughs> yeah. And then McLovin is also like McLovin eats more during the show than I eat all day, which is bizarre because I probably weigh double what he eats, but or what he weighs. Excuse me. But, um, yeah, he had like. He has oatmeal every day at 10 o'clock, which is interesting because then like when he goes to talk, he can't talk on air. It's like, and and then like he he oftentimes like clears his throat and it's like, it's kind of funny to watch. But anyways, yeah, we've, you know, look, hey, from nine to noon, if something's happening in the studio and we're live, you know, I feel like it's my duty to show it. And I've, I've begun showing more and more.
3: Well, that's like the rules that we're all kind of under. If something happens out there and we're in their vision or line of sight, and they can make content out of it. They do it. I mean, I've been at the really crappy part of that, and many times, don't? Yeah, the the scrappy part. Scrappy part.
1: Um. Yeah. Remember when you fell and off yeah. your your scooter? Yeah. But Paul's also been eating. I don't know if it's like a sort of like a herbal, like I I don't know what you call it, Eastern medicine type thing, but he's been eating like a single scoop of honey once Ooh. a day.
4: It's not one single scoop. It's like a massive. Uh, I mean, it's just no, a, it's tablespoon, a tablespoon, but it's like heaping. Yeah. No, it's like <laughs> I mean,
1: if you wanted. Has anybody asked him about? If it? you wanted to make like a, a cup of tea, like really, really sweet, you know, that's how much honey. Yeah. <laughs> has anybody asked him about it? Like, what I, the benefits? Or I don't why? know how to broach that question. Why are you eating honey?
2: Bar? they've been asking us to come into the studios of late. So, when one of the BRGs goes back there. We'll say, hey, what's with the tub of honey?
3: Yeah. A, I nominate you, you to you do report it. Report back to us next week on that one. <laughs> Record it. Hey, it's
4: content. Okay. <laughs> I, I won't,
1: but I just said okay for the sake of the show. If you were a real man, you would go in there and take a scoop out right there at the desk.
2: I'd be a real unemployed man.
1: <laughs> you know what's
3: one thing that I kinda uh that I found like relatable today when the guys were talking about or I understood where they were coming from. Was them talking about Todd sending an email out at eleven
1: fifty four when the show just went out? Don't um, I mean I, I didn't I asked Eric about this when they were talking about how Todd would send out the like weekly guest pumping his own tires email blast. Yeah. And I was like, is that actually a thing? And <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah. So, did that surprise but, you about Todd? No, not not at all. It's just fun. It's just another thing to add to the list of, like, Todd. I could see Todd there typing. He's like, oh, yeah, I forgot we had him on this week, too. All right, nice. And then just fire, <laughs> sit, hit send and just literally wait to get, like, roasted for it.
4: <laughs> but it's not that different than Mario being like, hey, did you guys see Tom Brady retweeted the tweet I sent out? That's not. It's the same thing. That has.
1: Wait.
3: All right. So first of all, that has nothing to do with the tweet that I sent. That's the content that Dan made. I just put it out there. I literally just pre send I don't take credit for any of the social media stuff. That's, wait, you don't? That's <laughs> that's just that's just the content that they're making. I just put it out. What what do
1: I do to make that any better?
3: Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's or it's my how, point. It's how
1: you deliver the information that you come and be like, you, you know, know, it's kind of like lower your eyebrows and be like. You see, Tom Brady retweeted us. Yeah, that's cool. You don't think that's cool no, for that, the show? You're not like that. You're not like millions oh, of people. The Dan were, Patrick show was retweeted. You're like my tweet. I did not that say I created. No, no, I over didn't. A long man no. hours. You just, life. you just said us
3: when you said it before. What did uh, you see that Tom Brady retweeted us, Mario us. the linguist?
4: <laughs> I,
1: don't so, know, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you want to be barking up the
3: the
1: you, tweet. You're
3: the one who said it initially. Us. I never say my tweet. Never. I have mm-hmm. this. I have actually had this conversation with Brendan, uh, the French kid, the other day. Why? Because we used to have a social media manager that we that would take credit for certain things. Is his name Mario? No, <laughs> used to. Mm.
1: Well,
3: he would take credit I for certain that. things. That's that's not my tweet. It's just something I put out that's on behalf of the show. Mm-hmm. That, I'm not making that content. That's a Dan and the guys.
1: I just well, and actually, on, on the topic of that specific tweet, uh, it was Matt. It was the Matt Damon interview, right? That got the Tom Brady. Yeah reaction yeah, i mean i thought it was cool
3: i i mean just to see that i mean i have the social media on my phone so just to see tom brady retweeted the tweet i thought that's cool that's not something i'm ever going to see on my own personal twitter
1: mm-hmm. so you don't know cool. that yeah you might well, i don't think you don't i don't know would. that before we go <laughs> there's one other funny thing that happened today as you know it's july 30th right middle of the summer here in connecticut it's yeah. probably about 90 degrees outside and mario's wearing a scarf and not the only weird part wasn't that you were wearing the scarf, it was why did you have a scarf readily available in July? Well, I always leave a scarf
3: or like a sweater or something that can keep me warm in my
1: office. A sweater is one thing. It's a, like you're literally walking, you had it flipped, like you're like, at, like going skating at Rockefeller Center.
3: It, it was cold. It's always cold in this building. I think that's some, something that everybody in the back room outside of YouTube can attest to. Marvin, is it always not cold? Marvin,
1: answer carefully here. It's always cold here.
2: Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Time out. Did you say answer carefully? Mm-hmm. Wisely. And what's, gonna, and what's gonna happen if I don't? <laughs> You're just gonna be mad. No, it's, it's always cold, right? I, I always have a hoodie on. Yeah, right. and then Did Rob I... always has a hoodie on with a bum Nick's Knicks pullover. He always wears.
1: Okay, but that's
2: one.
3: Th- do you wear? Are you wearing a scarf? I needed some reinforcement today. I was, I was
2: a little oh colder God. than usual. Grow up, dude. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not wearing a scarf. Sometimes I'll have a shawl.
1: Anyways, now Mario's going by Scarfrio. It's fine by me. I'm warm. Right. From Dylan the Graphics Guy, Marvin the Prince, Eric the Big German, and Scarfrio, whatever he does, uh, this has been the 1215 Club. See you next time.